Awesome, Michael. Thank you so much for being on the show, man. Uh, your story is like a freaking movie. And I wanted to start with this question. What would be the single habit that I could introduce in my life to take it to the next level and to be such a badass just like you? Gosh, it's so hard. I think it would probably be waking up at 4.45 in the morning. So waking up at 4.45 every single morning gives me an opportunity to own my morning, truly, absolutely. And I believe in my heart of hearts that every single day is our life. Life is not about what happened yesterday and not about what may happen tomorrow. It's about what is happening currently in this very moment right here, right now. That is when you get to actually succeed, not, not yesterday or tomorrow. And so if you really think about life that way on a day-to-day -day basis, there's two times throughout the day where you really have complete control. And that is early in the morning when no one else is awake and right before you go to bed when the majority of the people in your life are also either going to bed already asleep or not in your periphery, right? Now, that's really hard. Like I try to get up between five and six, but trust me, like because of my schedule or anything that's going on. So how do you put that in place and how do you make it happen? Because usually we try and you can get up at five, like a couple nights, a couple days, and then you go back to like waking up at whatever time. I think it all depends on your goals. I'm lucky that I've been, I actually, I don't want to use the word lucky. I've been comfortable facing my fears and taking risks for a long enough period of time where success has been a byproduct of those two things. So it's given me an opportunity to dictate my schedule. Not everybody has that, and I understand that. But for me, I really do believe in, in, in living a life of happiness, not about financial happiness, not about material things and I believe that if you can love yourself, it doesn't matter what you have, it's how you feel. Because success to me is about a feeling. It's not about tangible things that you can touch. I mean, of course, it's really nice to have lots of money. It's really nice to have an awesome car and a beautiful big house and a pool and all those things that you know everybody really does want. And there's nothing wrong with wanting those things. But if you don't feel good about who you are if you walk around with negative self-talk all day long and in a constant state of fight or flight stress cortisol levels flying through the roof like it's just not going to be a happy existence and i believe yeah. in happiness you know so i have um i put myself in a position where i'm able to go to bed at 9 30 every single night and because i go to bed at 9 30 every single night i wake up somewhere between 4 45 and 5 a.m I yeah. get seven and a half hours of sleep a day. And that was yeah. done purposefully. It wasn't always like that for me. I was in the restaurant business for years. So, you know, it, waking up early in the morning for me used to be 8 a.m. And then I put myself in a position because I made it, I set my, I set a goal for myself that that was basically like, I want to be in bed by 930 every night. And I want to wake up way before the sun and my sons, <laughs> you know? Yeah. How many kids do you have? I have two boys, a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. That's awesome. I have an eight-year-old. Uh, he usually wakes up and he goes straight to the iPad or the video games. Uh, so, man, that's, that's awesome. I've heard a lot about you talking about your, how you met your wife, the, the story how you guys got together, and the family that you have built. But I also heard the story of like Crazy Michael and all the shit that you went through. So tell me a little bit about that transformation because I think there is a before and after of you doing a hell of dangerous, bad things for you that put you at the edge of, of your life. And now you are a successful entrepreneur helping so many people. How was that transition? It was a very long and slow one. I grew up in New York City, in Manhattan, in the center of it all. I was exposed to a large amount of debauchery at a very young age. 
that I don't regret at like, I wouldn't change anything. I, I wouldn't change anything. You know, I was, I had the time of my life. That's the truth from like 13 to 20, 21 life. I really did. I, I was a, I was a party animal. I, I partied my ass off. I got into a lot of trouble, but, but the truth is, is that it was, it was, it was a lot of fun and uh, I don't recommend it the way I did it. Of course, I would be terrified if my kids did what I did. However, it, it really did give me this opportunity to develop my people skills. I was out of my parents' house at a very young age. I moved out when I was 15, but I was really out at probably around 12, 13 uh, on a regular basis. And I had to be a chameleon. I had to, I was always the youngest one, always, always. I was in nightclubs all over New York City by 13, 14 years old. And so I just had to figure out how to, how to hustle. How were you able to get in in those clubs when you were just a teenager? <laughs> well, back in those days, in 1993, 1994, uh, you know, there were door people at these clubs. And some of them were drag queens, you know. And if my friends and I knew what nights to go and if if you kissed the drag queen on the cheek <laughs> she let you in and so we would line up you line up and kiss uh kiss these drag queens on the cheeks and they loved it and you know we were it was crazy it was a crazy time in new york you know That's limelight cool. the tunnel and palladium i mean it was it was awesome uh it, it really was but from 21 to 23 my life got very dark my addiction grew beyond partying. It became uh, a necessity. I didn't know. I knew I was getting a little older and I knew that I had to start taking things more seriously. And I was terrified of that and afraid of that. I didn't have anything to fall back on. I had no, you know, my family didn't have any money to give me. And so I had to make my way. And I knew that I wasn't gonna be able to do it the way I was going. However, I just didn't know how to stop. I was really addicted to drugs. And so it got very dark and really, uh, really uncomfortable. And it got to the point where I had overdosed when I was 23. Luckily, somehow, some way, I didn't die. I made, I made it through that and I spent a few more weeks trying to convince myself that I could continue this way and, uh, you know, figure out a way to do it responsibly or something like that. And it just, it, it just wasn't the case. I had to stop. So I got very lucky and I reached out to a friend who was an old, like, like kind of like an older sister. She took me in when I was really young and I was this bar back working at this crazy nightclub when I was 15, 16 years old. And she just was, she was a bartender there and her and I just connected and she, um, she, you know, she was always very, very, very generous with, uh, with helping me out. And so she was dating somebody who I knew was sober. And so I reached out to her and I said, hey, can you introduce me to Marcus? I, 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 I'm, I've, hit, I've hit the bottom of the barrel. I, I really, you know, it's, it's a do or die thing for me. And she introduced me to this dude and he came right away. <laughs> um, he, he saw that I had something to offer and I was really desperate to change. And he, he laid out a long plan for me. And that plan was getting sober i had to go through i had to get into a sober program in order to work with him i had to agree to do what he told me to do which was predominantly eat healthy and work out specifically in in the martial arts mm -hmm. and that's what i did and slowly but surely i was able to get through day after day without drinking and doing drugs and I and the introduction of fitness and nutrition, and then ultimately mindset through meditate meditation and prayer, and like a belief in a power greater than myself. Some call it God, some call it universe, some call it energy. But between those three things, the trifecta, fitness, nutrition, and a higher power, I really was able to piece together my life again. And within six months, I was a completely different human. How was the first time you walked into the multi gym and, and you got your ass kicked? How did that feel? Oh, man. Uh, it was two guys, a guy named Marcus and a guy named Gavin. And 
They were probably, you know, 10, 15 years older than me, something like that. They were, they were competitive, you know, Muay Thai kickboxers. And they basically said to me, look, man, you can really learn everything you need in this ring. You can learn everything if you're willing to commit to it. As long as you stay sober and you are, all you got to do is get back up. And like they kept on saying to me, you know, all you got to do is get back up, get back up. And that is like, a, that's, that's a line that I repeat in my mind on a regular basis. You know, it's not easy being an entrepreneur. It's, you know, people glamorize the whole entrepreneurial pursuit. And, and I, don't, I, 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 I mean, I, I don't think I'd have it any other way at this point in my life. But the fact of the matter is, is very challenging. It's very difficult. There's always things that you are, the, 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 the work never ends un, unless you have the discipline to draw a boundary. And for the first many years being an entrepreneur, I did not have that discipline. I worked 18 hours a day, seven days a week, and I almost lost my marriage, you know. But I've, I've learned over the years just, you know. So anyway, when I walked in there, they basically were like, you know, you're going to learn this martial art and you're going to commit to it and you're going to train three hours a day. And we're going to teach you how to get back up. We're going to teach you about discipline, commitment, honesty, integrity, you know, self-care, self-love. And you're going to most likely get hurt <laughs> and, and it's good for you. You need, you need to take a beating. You need to, you need to get some life beat into you. And yeah. it was a, it was a tough love kind of relationship, but I fell in love with Muay Thai. I truly fell in love with it. It, it was, it, I owe my life to it. I have tattoos all over my body that remind me of my, uh, my, you know, my 12, 13 year stint with Muay Thai. And uh, yeah, they kicked my ass regularly, and I and I learned how to how to defend myself. I learned how to um, really. I learned the art of the of the of the uh, of the of the fighting style. And uh, now I'm kind of like a trained assassin. <laughs> a trained assassin. That's hilarious. Uh, my friend Reggie, uh, he trains. I've been training Krav Maga the last uh, year and a half. And that's exactly what uh, my sensei says. Like he's just making trained assassins, like so people can go anywhere. And it definitely changes how you feel about yourself and how you apply that to any area in your life. So I'm interested to know how you're taking that trained assassin mindset and, and putting that towards your business. So your personality, you have different businesses going on. You have your restaurant. You have your uh, old meal uh, uh, food company. Tell me about that side of your life and how you're taking everything that you learn and applying that to help other people with your businesses? Well, I think I, it probably, it's probably fair to say that I, I, you know, I've always been a bit of a risk taker. I've always wanted to make, do, and create on my terms since I was a young little kid. However, stepping into a ring with other fighters that are mainly better than you is, is terrifying. And any fighter will tell you that, you know, they might walk around with confidence and walk into the ring with confidence, but there's always a, a piece of them that is scared, right? Like getting, getting your face smashed, uh, or your, you know, your, your kidneys, you know, kicked into is not a fun feeling. However, what it does teach you and what it's taught me and how I've applied it to every other area of my life is the only way through the only you know way to be victorious over fear is to walk right through it it doesn't go away it's always there so you have a choice you can live in fear which is a shitty place to be in my opinion and a lot of people live in fear where it just completely you know monopolizes their their mindset or you could live with fear all the time which I do like fear is like right here, like boom, always like sitting right next to me. I got I put my arm around it, you know, talk to it, let it know that I'm aware of it, but I'm not going to let it stop me from attacking my life in the most, you know, elegant way possible. I know that if I don't take risks and face my fears on a daily basis, growth is not promised. However, if I do take risks and face my fears head on, look for them, run towards them as fast as I can, growth is inevitable. It just is. 
So anybody listening that may be facing a lot of fear today or um, has been living in a state of fear and, and, and choosing comfort over discomfort, I urge you to rethink because unless you're dead, you've gotten through every single thing in your life till today. Everything in your life that's come your way, scary, awesome, terrifying, amazing, you've actually made it through. So in, in your case, you had another company. I, I heard when, on your interview with Gary, you were talking about your apparel company and how that pretty much failed. And then you get back up and you do something else and you try something new. What was the thing that you were able to crack the code with the new company that made it successful versus the other failures? So actually, the apparel is 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 part of the the company that I'm running now called Creatures of Habit. when i when I was developing Creatures of Habit, you know, I come from the world of restaurants, and lifestyle is a big part of who I am. i mean, i I have a specific lifestyle that i that I live and lead, and there's a number of pillars to it. It's, it's family, it's fitness, it's finances, it's fashion. Cause I, I love, I love style. Um, and, 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 and fishing, <laughs> uh, I love to fish, but, but also there's, there's food there as well. Right. So it's a lot of F's, um, and, um, and faith as well. But when I was creating creatures of habit, I, 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 I wanted to develop this, this product that I'd been eating as my first meal of the day for many, many years. It's the first thing I, it's actually the, the, when those guys, when Marcus and Gavin took me under their wing, you know, they wrote a meal plan for me and they said, look, you know, you need to start putting positivity into your body. Actually what via food and, and beverage, you need to start consuming positivity. You've been consuming negativity for so long, terrible food, lots of drugs, only alcohol, like you don't drink any water. You don't, you know, like you, you need to start putting these positive things into your body to start feeling good about consumption. And so they told me to eat oatmeal every morning as an easy solution, as a healthy satiating solution to start the, 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 the habit of eating well. And so I've been eating oatmeal in some way, shape or form every single day is my first meal of the day to this very day from then, so 18 years. And when I was thinking about what I was gonna do for Creatures of Habit as this direct-to-consumer CPG brand, I really, it needed to align with my personal passion for nutrition, fitness, mindset. It also needed to align with my authenticity, right? Like I, I didn't wanna like come up with a product that like I think would be good for people. I wanted to come up with a product or launch a product that I had intimate experience with. and when I, I was, it, it literally all came to me while I was on a long run upstate where I live now. And I just said oatmeal. I've been eating this every single day. And, and in my oatmeal, I add 30 grams of protein. I add pink Himalayan salt, chia seeds, flax seeds, pumpkin seeds. And then, and that's what I've been eating every single day for many, many years. And then on the side of my oatmeal every morning, I have my daily supplements, my vitamin D3, my omega-3 fatty acids, probiotic and digestive enzymes. So I said, if I, can, if I can make a product that has all of that in a package, easy to consume, easy to make, super delicious, with all that stuff in it, I've got something that I can sell because I believe it's one of the best things you can put into your body to start your day. And also, it'll give me an opportunity to tell my story because when I started eating oatmeal is when my life started to change for the better. And so it's truly a symbol of hope and change for me. You never know what can be the catalyst to change. You just never know, right? And maybe you hear this podcast and you're looking for something to latch onto. And maybe it's, you know, let me try to start my day with a positive habit. And then I know from my experience that great decisions tend to make great decisions. So if you start your day and you open your eyes and then you roll over and you hit the snooze button, bad decision. That's just, that's not going to paint a great picture for what the rest of the day looks like. However, if you start your day, you open your eyes, you intentionally get out of bed and we can walk through my morning routine because it's pretty extensive. But part of that is, is my first meal of the day. 
And, you know, nutrition is essential. We need it. We have to have it. It's not something that we can do without for long, long periods of time, right? Like we need to eat in order to function well. And so, and nutrition, we're, we're, we are totally, you know, every, we're, 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 people are trying to steal our attention in everything in life, but specifically in nutrition, right? There's so many options for people to fail. There's way more failure options in nutrition than there are optimized options for people. And so I said, if I can give people an optimized option that they're actually really going to like because it tastes really good, if I can give them something to latch onto and just make that the one thing that they commit to on a daily basis, I guarantee that it's going to help them make better decisions, not only nutritionally, but for their life. And it'll also give me an opportunity to tell my story of adversity and overcoming adversity um, and, and, and draw awareness to this idea that addiction is real and it's killing people way more now than ever before. Yeah, no, 100%. I started uh, eating some oatmeal when I really got into the gym. So I came to America from Cuba. Uh, dude, I was like 140 pounds and I'm 6'3". So you could imagine how fucking skinny I was. And for many years, I was here in America and, and never got into that mindset of like fitness until I it clicked for me because I work in, in film and my dream is to make big, amazing action movies and i'm like there's no way i'm going to be like a little wimpy little kid coming and telling the actors oh you got to do this and this no i want to be like a fucking badass so i started training really hard and i was following this program and i had to eat the oatmeal and michael i hated it like at the beginning i hated it because the first thing that i had to do in the program was wake up at five and go eat like the big porridge of the oatmeal and then i want to throw up when i went to the gym but slowly, like my body started getting used to it. The thing is, I always forget to eat the vitamins and all, like to take all the pills and supplements and all that. So I, I'd really need to try your thing and see if I can just like in one package get everything together. Well, the coolest thing about our product is you can make it a bunch of different ways. However, the best way to make it and the simplest way to make it is you you do it overnight in the fridge. So it's actually. Uh, it soaks overnight. The flavors really blossom. You mix it. You take a pouch of it. You pour it into a, a, a container, jar, whatever, and you mix it with some almond milk, three quarters of a cup of almond milk. You put it in the fridge. It takes a minute and you wake up in the morning and you pull it out of the fridge and it's absolutely delicious. And so it's not like it's not, you know, you can have it hot and some people do. I do. I mix it up sometimes. But really, I, I love doing it cold overnight because I wake up in the morning and if I'm not going to eat it right away. I just throw it in my bag and it's just always there ready for me. And it's delicious. It's truly like a, I hate to say this, but it's true. It's kind of like dessert for breakfast. It's got like a really perfect blend of sweet and salt. And um, it's got really great sodium in there with pink Himalayan salt for electrolytes. I mean, it's just, it's just a great, it's a great product. I wanted to ask you about going into the gym and going hard and transforming into someone that was not working out and, and doing fitness and nutrition and then getting into that. I think, you know, the new year is coming up. Everyone is trying to hit the gym. Everyone's trying to look good. What can you do to get like a regular guy that is watching this and say, I'm going to become like a beast? Like it doesn't happen from the one day to the next, but what would that first step be for the guy that is watching this and he wants to get fit in, in the next year? It takes time. <laughs> That, that's, that's, that's the hardest part for people to hear, right? Nothing uh, like real success is long-term. It just is. I wish I could say that there was a pill you could take. I wish I could say that there was a, a, a video that you could watch. The truth of the matter is, is it takes commitment and dedication. However, the cool thing about it that I, I think would, would really help change people's perspectives is all they have to do is commit to doing it today. <laughs> That's it. You don't have to think about, oh my God, this is going to take six months, eight months, a year to get to hit my goal. Yes, that's true, actually. However, if you all you worry about is getting there today, it's going to happen before you know it. And I like to break down sort of this habit thing in three different tranches. The first three weeks, I don't even call it a habit that you commit to. It is a fucking chore. 
it sucks. Any any positive habit with long-term gratification is is going to start out as a chore. It's going to be like, you know, I can only correlate it to my kids. You know, my kids, now that I make them, <laughs> even though now it's part of their lifestyle, but initially, you know, it was like pulling teeth trying to get them to take their dinner plate from the, the dining table into the kitchen and put it on the counter. It's, it's integral. You, you know, like if you don't, if you do it for them all the time, they're just, they're, it's not going to, you know, like you have to start yeah. with these little things. Right. And so for the first three, four weeks, they used to fight me. And I would say, guys, you're not leaving the table until you do it. So I want to play with you too. I want to do puzzles. I want to play games. I want to do all that stuff. However, the longer you sit here and don't grab and don't just take your plate and bring it to the counter in the kitchen, the longer we're going to take from our time to play after dinner. And so finally they agreed to it. And then before I knew it, they would just finish their food. We would all, you know, say, all right, let's, let's, let's start cleaning up. They take their plate to the kitchen, not even say a word. And now, it's just part of their lifestyle. So it's a three-phase approach, right? It starts as a chore, and, it, and I would say give it three weeks of suck, three weeks of, of just not being excited about it. Then it turns into a habit, right, where you're like, okay, I'm used to this. I, it's still not like second nature, but I, I know it makes me feel good. I know it's good for me, and I'm starting to feel better and see some results. I'm going to do this now. And that can last anywhere from two months to six months where you're still kind of like questioning it. Oh, man, is this? But once you get through that phase, that's who you are. That becomes your life. That becomes part of your, your, your makeup. And you don't even think about it. Like my morning routine, when I say it out loud, it sounds like an enormous amount of shit to anyone that doesn't do things that I do. But for me... It like rolls off my tongue, like brushing my teeth, you know? So I, 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 there's no, there's no, anybody listening. I, I'm here to tell you that like you, anybody can be in the best shape of their life. Anybody, anybody, anybody. It doesn't matter how far gone you are. doesn't matter how old you are. doesn't matter if you've never lifted a weight. You've never taken a run. I promise you. doesn't matter what your genes are. Yes. Like if you want to be like a, like a top elite bodybuilder, genes definitely play a role, but Everybody and anybody can can change their life aesthetically through fitness and nutrition, period, done. That is a guarantee. A hundred percent. I totally agree with you on that. I didn't used to think like that. I was always like the, I was the smart kid. I was like computers. I like cameras. I, I never saw myself as like a strong person. But then once I switch into that, and I think it starts with your mind and just deciding to me, is connected to who I want to be. So then it's necessary. Like I cannot not do it because then who I'm saying that I'm going to become or who I am, then it doesn't add up. And I 100% agree with you. It's a little bit sad to see so many guys, and I'm going to focus and talk especially about men. It's so sad to see weak men. And sometimes... I would love to hear your take on this because I think people like you and me, we surround ourselves with like very successful entrepreneurs, people who are doing shit and you see the strength in those people. But every now and then I will go to an event or I will go to a dinner party and some other men are there and you can 100% see like the weakness in their handshake. How do you feel about that? Because I feel like we are missing the point of teaching young men that you need to struggle, work hard, and get hard, basically. Yeah, well, I just want to go back to one question that we, just about the apparel thing that I totally derailed us on. So just, you know, this lifestyle component, right? I wanted to make Creatures of Habit more of a lifestyle brand, not just a CPG company. And that's why I wanted to do it with apparel. So I wanted to do the oatmeal product and apparel. And... I was way better at the oatmeal product than the apparel. <laughs> uh, the apparel, the apparel was, you know, I didn't know how to design apparel. I tried to, I tried to, to take my, take a risk and design everything, design every single shirt, every, you know, every, every inch of it. 
and I just totally fucked up. And uh, and and you know it it, it th that that first line of apparel didn't work. However, we're dropping a new line of apparel that I did not personally design uh, that I think is going to be far more successful. Are the, are the sleeves going to be like good length on this? I'm wearing one? one right now. I'm wearing I'm wearing I'm wearing the hoodie right now, nice. so it, it it fits way better. Um, but on that, I you know it's so interesting. We're in a really tough time uh, in in this in in in, in society right to even say the word male or men man is is uh controversial right like we're, we're we're in this weird place where we're we're told that uh masculinity is taboo yeah it's toxic all of a sudden like being a man is toxic Yeah, and so I'm very careful about how I communicate it because I I could I understand where people are conflicted. That said, I also believe in strength and I also believe in respect for women in a masculine way, right? Opening a door for my wife or for a, a woman on the street, if I'm walking into a store and there's a woman I see walking and I hold the door open for that person, I'll do it for a, a male or a female, but specifically for females, I am very respectful. I've gotten shit for that. No way. Oh yeah, 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 big time. Um, because I'm, I, I'm firm on that and I, I'm very firm on that. Every night, before my kids go to bed, I do two things. I take, you know, I, I don't put them to bed every night. I put them to bed every other night. My wife and I switch on and off. But since they're born, <clears throat> I've wanted to give my sons values that have helped shape the man I am. And so we walk through two things. One, I say, all right, guys, give me the 11 things. And the 11 things are always protect your brother. Ladies always go first. Squeeze an eyes when you give a handshake. Remember people's names. Look to the left on the road before you walk. Look to the right on the road before you walk. Lift up the toilet seat when you need to take a piss and put the toilet seat back down when you're done. Kindness always wins. Be nice to mommy when daddy's away. And I love you. And those are the 11 things that my sons and I say to each other every single night. And then I walk, I creep up into their bed And I tell them, you know, guys, you can be anything you want to be, and dad's going to support you. As long as you do it for yourself and nobody else, what's it going to take? And they say, courage. And I say, what is courage? And they say, being afraid and doing it anyway, as long as it's for the good. And so I'm trying to instill these values in my sons. I want them to be respectful towards women period i i don't want there to be any uh confusion right like if if i and i don't think there's anything wrong with that <laughs> i just don't you know i i don't think that like holding a door for a woman or letting women walk in front of you no matter what should be you know scrutinized so this this question about like me, you know weak men there's a lot of weak men i can't stand when a man shakes my hand and it's a weak handshake but i also can't stand when a woman shakes my hand and it's a weak handshake because i feel like a handshake you know one of the things the three things my well actually the a lot of the values that i'm talking about with my sons were given to me for my father, even though my father and I had a very, very abusive, violent, very tough relationship. My dad did teach me, ladies always go first. When you give a handshake, it is firm and you make eye contact. When you take a piss, you lift up that toilet seat and when you are done, you put it back down. And, and, um, And those are the things that I think are really, really important. And it's so interesting. I mean, they sound kind of silly, but I, but they do really paint a picture of who you are. And I can't stand when a man walks in front of a woman. It drives me crazy. I feel like I, I want to like grab the the dude by the back of the, the shirt and just be like, really? Like, is that, was that like, what, what's wrong with you? 
You know, like you're going to push a woman out of the way. Like what, what the hell's wrong with you? So, so I, I guess I'm kind of like tiptoeing around the question. I think that men have lost, we've lost our way a bit. And if you look at every single other wild animal, aside from human beings, because we're also wild animals, but if you look at every other wild animal, and you pay attention to the character traits of the male and the female, in 90% of the cases, the, the male animal is uh, masculine. I don't want to say stronger. I don't want to say more powerful, but I do want to say masculine. There is a level of primal uh, intensity in male animals that I believe is what distinguishes, you know, it's testosterone, man. We're, we're, we have high levels of testosterone. Men do. And, you know, it's, it's, it's something that, that I think is important. I think it's important. I want to be able to say I protect my family. <laughs> I protect my family. You know, like if anybody were to ever, not saying that my wife wouldn't completely snap and go absolutely apeshit and like, you know, rip somebody's eyeballs out because I think she would. But I, I, my wife and my kids know that they're protected at all times when I'm around, period. And, uh, and I think that that is something that, uh, for whatever re reason, society says we shouldn't, we shouldn't say today. Yeah. But I think it all comes down to our, like biology, like what you said about the, the animals and all of that, that's still in us. And I believe that even now, if media or social media and people are talking about toning that down, I think strong men are always going to prevail and we're going to keep pushing forward. And I wanted to ask you something, Michael, because I feel like that is tied into, in our society right now, masculinity is tied in to making money because you can't be like a, a strong, powerful man without having resources. So in your case, you have been in the restaurant business, you have done other things, you're a true entrepreneur. What would you recommend like young guys like me trying to come up, like I'm an immigrant, I came to America with $70 and I'm trying my best. What would be your advice about going out and making a name for yourself and making money? Be willing to work for free. That's what I would say. There's a level of entitlement in the current generation where access to technology is so prevalent and communication is so prevalent and you know people see these celebrities or these instagram influencers making all sorts of money by just taking cool pictures and doing cool things in their life and thinking that that's actually real and um and 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 the truth of the matter is, is, you know, there's not a single super successful person that didn't have to grind hard, really hard, and actually accept jobs and opportunities that they didn't want to take, whether it was financially or whether it was climbing a ladder. There's always a phase in one's career. Maybe there's like 1% of the people that come up with an idea and it just goes, but it's so rare, you know? I mean, I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying it's very rare. And so what I would suggest is find people that you admire and say you want to work for them. And you'll do it for whatever they're willing to offer you. And be persistent. That is how it works. That's how I did it. I knew that I wanted to work at specific places and learn from specific chefs and restaurateurs. And, and so I just took jobs wherever I could because I wanted the experience. For how long did you do that until you switch, until you could actually make money? Years, years. And, and, and by the way, when I opened up my first business when I was 28 years old, I paid myself $55,000 a year. Now, I'm not saying that's a little tiny bit of money because that, if for in, in many places in the world, that's a, that's a ton of money. But you were in New York, right? But I was in New York, and that was a big pay cut from what I was making working in restaurants for other people. 
And I didn't start making over $100,000 a year until two and a half years in to running my company, which was making millions of dollars a year. So there is, you know, this, this false belief that business owners and entrepreneurs, you know, are, you know, like you, you, you build something successful and then poof, all of a sudden you're making millions of dollars. It's not true. It's just not. Anybody who tells you it is, is lying. Uh, it, they just are. So, you know, you can't just pay yourself millions of bucks. <laughs> you know, you, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to be smart. You got to be, um, you have to be uh, efficient with, with how you run a company. And so I, I would just say for anybody that's thinking about, you know, like, how can I start developing these skill sets? The best way to do it is on the job. I don't think any school is going to really teach you unless you want to be a doctor or a lawyer where it's absolutely necessary or a scientist where it's absolutely necessary to have these credentials. I would say if you want to be an entrepreneur, go work for entrepreneurs and learn from them and don't expect to get rich doing that, right? Give yourself a good five years to learn, to learn and it's essentially getting the most incredible education, but you're getting paid for it. So you think about it that way. You can either pay half a million dollars for college education that you now have to walk into the world with debt on and start from scratch there. Or you can spend the five years that you would spend in college uh, working for people that you admire. And getting a serious education and and you know after that four or five year period of time you now have this experience under your belt and you and, and you're way ahead of the game and you're not in debt i'm not saying college is the wrong move don't get me wrong i'm not like telling people not to go to college you know i think anybody who wants to go to college should go to college but i am saying that i just know from my experience i went to college for a year and decided that it was a waste of my time and money because I really wanted to be a restaurateur. And I just thought that having a college education was something that I needed to do. And ultimately, obviously, you know, I've, I've built 14, I've opened 14 restaurants, built two restaurant companies to, you know, $30 million in revenue each exited both of them successfully now launched another business, which is going to be super successful. Uh, you know, and I didn't go to college. I, I I took the route that I'm explaining here, which is I wanted to, I wanted to be a restaurateur. So I went to go work for restaurateurs that I looked up to. Yeah, that's very impressive. So where do you think the the future of nutrition and food is going? And I, I I'm pretty sure you're making a big bet on your company. Where do you see that in the next like three to five years? Health and wellness is is in a place now that it's ne it's never been before. People are way more people are paying closer attention to their health and wellness now. And I believe that it's only going to grow and grow and grow. Even the biggest, you know, massive corporations are, you know, like the big fast food restaurants and, and everything like they're all putting healthy menu items on their menus. That's making a huge statement. Companies like Peloton and these big fitness brands, you know, they're valuing at billions of dollars, right? Like there's, no, you know, 20 years ago, that would be impossible. No one, there would be, there wouldn't be a, a stationary bike company that would value at billions of dollars in 1995. It just wouldn't happen. 1980, forget about it, you know. Uh, so the wellness space is... I believe just in the infancy. And I think people are going to really start to look for and understand that you have to pay for your health or you're going to pay when you are unhealthy. Wow, that, that is very deep. What you just said right there, that is, can you expand on that? That is powerful. Yeah, so the way I see it is you can spend a dollar on instant oatmeal that is going to have 25 grams of sugar and filled with all sorts of shit or you can pay four dollars for instant oatmeal 
that is going to nourish and give you way more than any dollar instant oatmeal. What do I mean by that? Premium nutrition is, you know, like wellness has has a, a fancy connotation to it, right? It has this like high level, expensive sort of thing associated with it. And it doesn't have to, right? Like there are so many products right now that you can bring into your life that don't cost an enormous amount of money. I mean, for instance, my product, right? It's it's $4.25 a meal. It's a full meal. It's satiating. It keeps you full from breakfast to lunch. For $100, $120 a month, you don't have to worry about breakfast ever anymore. It's just a, a line drawn. People spend $4, $5, $6 for a Frappuccino at fucking Starbucks. You know what I mean? And it's got 700 calories in it and it and it'll kill you quick. So what I mean by pay for your health now so you don't have to pay when your health is no no bueno, you know? Because you will pay with your life. We're all seeing it happen, right? Like you know, there was a lot of obviously we just went through a crazy pandemic. And the people that really suffered the most were the people that did not take care of themselves, you know? Um, and, and I mean, there's obviously many cases of all sorts of things that happened in the pandemic, but we learned, right, that like, you know, people that were really unhealthy and that got COVID really had a hard time with the, with, with the, with the virus. And so I, I do believe that if you don't, get comfortable with paying a little bit more money for what you're for for what you're consuming you will ultimately pay for it down the road and where is the line would be my next question because I, i've struggled for a while seeing some things that are healthier but also i know about branding and marketing and i know how companies can make things look more good for your health but they're just charging you and sometimes i feel bad paying the extra money because i'm i'm fake i feel like i'm getting caught you know like they're just selling me this like fancy thing and just charging me more money how do you how can you see the difference and know when to pick something that is actually good for you everybody should be get used to looking at labels right like labels really do say it all you have to you have to put all of the ingredients on your labels for specifically for consumer packaged goods and sugar is bad news you know and i love sugar i love sugar i have a sweet tooth i love sugar however i've 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 lived by this 80 20 rule in my life 80 percent of the time i am dialed in on point eating the right stuff working out not you know like on it and then 20 percent of the time i give myself freedom and that's a great balance for me Sugar is like if you pick up a product and you look at the label and you don't understand 50% or more of the ingredients that are in that product, you've never seen the words before, or you have to look them up because, you know, they're like, you know, 17 letters long. I'm here to tell you that you might want to second guess putting that into your, into your body, right? Uh, and so that, that, that's with consumer packaged goods. That's the easiest way. Like you want to see how much sugar is in stuff and you also want to see, um, how much trans fat is in stuff. And then lastly, you want to look at the ingredients and make sure that, you know, you know, a good, a good portion of all those ingredients. When it comes to meat and produce, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I don't necessarily believe in the organic thing because there's so many farmers and uh, there's so many places that are organic but simply can't afford to go through the organic process to get the certification. So they're not, they're not actually certified organic. So I don't necessarily believe in the organic um, piece, but I do believe in local. And so 
I would much rather buy local meat or local produce seasonally to where I live than spend the five X for an organic, whatever. Um, and, uh, and I think that's a good place to start, right? Like look at the labels, look for sugar, anything more than, you know, five to seven grams of added sugar is not going to be ideal. And your trans fat, you don't want a lot of trans fat, you know, a little saturated fat is okay. Uh, and, um, and then you should really know the ingredients. You should be able to understand what's in that thing that you're about to eat. Yeah. So that sounds really good, very helpful, Michael. So I wanted to close out the interview and just ask you one last question. If you could do anything in your life and time was not a problem and money was not an issue, what would you want to do? Save as many addicts that are struggling with addiction through fitness and nutrition. That's what I'd want to do. I'd want to, I'd want to get in front. I'd, I'd want to put all of the addicts in the world in, in one space and get in front of them and tell them my story and promise them that there is a solution to this disease that they're struggling with and let them know that they can change their life a, a day at a time through uh, the inclusion of self-love, self-care, nutrition, proper nutrition and fitness and, and a belief in a power greater than, than themselves. And I, and I know that that sounds a little crazy, but I do believe that that is a, that is a mission for me in my life. And, you know, of course my family is my number one priority outside of myself. Um, I also think one last thing that I do want to say for everyone listening here, if you are not the number one priority in your life, happiness, will be hard to attain. And I don't say that in a, in, a, in a selfish way, right? Like, oh, I'm the most important thing in my life. I say that in a way to try to articulate this idea that if you are not confident, if you do not love yourself, if you are not happy personally inside, forgetting about what the outside looks like, if you are not happy, you do not show up in life as a version of yourself that people will want to be around and and you will you're you're constantly in self-centered fear because you're thinking about yourself in a negative way and you're thinking about what other people think and you walk around in this bubble of negativity so if you can put yourself as the priority in your life where you're taking care of yourself, you're making sure that you eat well and you move your body and you're being of service to others. Like if you can put yourself first, I promise you, you will be a better husband, a better father, a better son, a better business owner, a better friend, a better employer, a better everything. So being selfish with self-love and self-care is the most selfless act we as human beings can do. And so I, I, I do want to say that because I think it's very important. That's very powerful. Thank you so much, Michael, for being on the interview. And you guys, if you like this episode, I want you to check out this other interview with my friend Ashan, where we talk about fitness, nutrition, how to get good habits. And I'm really excited that you guys are watching the show. Thank you so much. And I'll see you on the next episode.